Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone sitting with you on a wintry screened porch. I had to wait for the wind to die down. It was roaring through. We've actually had snow flurries the last few days. And I'm not doing a snow dance, I promise. In fact, I'm enjoying the um, opening of some of the daffodils, and uh, there's many in bud, and it always brings to mind just how resilient nature can be, and that it has its own rhythm. We cannot rush nature, can we? If we nurture nature rather than tamper with it, it is a beautiful thing. So last time we spoke about having a soft spot for lichen and moss, coaching folks to just let it be as Mother Nature so beautifully intended. It was fun to hear from a few of you, such as Paulette from Wharton, New Jersey, who writes, My goodness, mosses are fabulous, and lichens make a wonderful art. That is so true. The photo that's on the Garden Dilemmas website, as you may have noticed, is a moss and lichen hippo. It really does. It looks like a hippo. It's so cute. Such art. I received also an email from Ed, who's a dear client, who said, As my lawn has been referred to as a salad, I totally understand the importance of moss and those plants to get the beautiful purple flowers in the spring. I'll bet Ed is referring to the common blue violet, it's Viola sororia, also known as woolly blue violet or wood violet. It's a native perennial found throughout eastern northern America. It's a shame that some fastidious turf folks consider them a weed, as they are magnificent. And he went on to say, some of the pristine lawns in the neighborhood have already been fertilized, watered, and even cut once or twice. A lot of cost, effort, and work. I guess beauty is in the eye of the beholder. My salad stays green all year round, has beautiful texture differences, and those great-looking little flowers. It needs no to minimal watering and doesn't require fertilizers. Guess I've never been fashionable. Hope to see you later in the spring. Thank you, Ed. It's music to my ears. We share the same lawn philosophy, which I think is very fashionable. Thank you very much. There is nothing like going au naturel, is there. In fact, I think of chemical fertilizers as steroids for the lawn, causing an overgrowth that requires more cutting. Never mind the impact on the soil, which is a living thing. And the cost, holy moly, it sure adds up. I mean, think about it. People have mowed their lawn already twice, and here it is 20 degrees here. I know we did have some warm days, but talk about jumping the gun. Then there are the chemical weed controls. Well, that's a subject for another time. Though the topic reminds me of a chat way back in episode 2 titled Field of Clover, about how white clover makes a carefree, self-sustaining lawn, we also talk about the birds and bees of zucchini, which will bring a chuckle. So I invite you to jump back to episode two if you feel so inclined. Getting back to our soft spot for lichen and moss, it's comforting to know how many of you feel the same way. Still, there are times it can cause a slipping hazard. And there are kind ways to remedy the risk and save the plants in the nooks and crannies. 
which turned into a column titled How to Safely Clean Stone Patios. And it starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. Last week's chat about leaving lichen and moss be brought a rally of like-minded folks. Yay! (laughs) But there can be safety concerns of slippage on walks and patios, bringing a memory of Kurt's honeydew list, which includes cleaning the stone patio that turned into a funny column years ago. So I'll give you a little explanation of that. It's actually a column that's written as if it were a note to Kurt. It's really very funny. It's called Spring Garden Honeydews, if you want to go back to the column on the Garden Dilemmas website. But we're going to talk about some of the highlights as it relates to the topic today. I left a list for him and his nephew to tackle the early spring garden tasks, advising him of things like cutting back the ornamental grasses and butterfly bush left standing for winter interest. It's okay to use the chainsaw. I know how much you love power equipment. Cut the grasses just above ground level and the butterfly bushes to about eight inches above the ground. I have to tell you, though, my fellow listeners, I prefer to use loppers, which are far more serene. You know, it's a much more serene experience than, you know, chainsaws humming away. And I cut the stems at random heights. But you can't look a gift horse in the mouth. I adore mom's old-time sayings. (laughs) Either way, whether you use power equipment or loppers, cutting back butterfly bush allows them to grow to their five to six foot floriferous selves each year rather than grow gangly and oversized. I reminded him not to confuse the butterfly bush with the hydrangea he mowed down the year prior. The hydrangea recovered beautifully since, and Kurt proudly attributes it to his unintended rejuvenation pruning. It's a story in itself. I literally came home to see how proud he was of what he accomplished, and one of them was mowing down the hydrangea, thinking it was butterfly bush, and it was not one that blooms on new wood. But it is true. Fast forward a few years, it's amazing how enormous these plants are. So everything does recover again, back to that nature's resilience, if we allow it. The story ends with, One more thing, if you don't mind. The stone patio has patches of algae. I know I said green is good, but I'm concerned for someone who tends to be a tad clumsy. Hmm, I wonder who I'm talking about. (laughs) I know you'd love to break out the power washer, but it's tricky not to blow out the wonderful sedum and moss rooted in the nooks and crannies. Never mind the risk of damaging the stone. Then I provided the recipe and the ingredients. One-third cup white vinegar mixed with two-third cup water sprayed on the algae should do the trick. After you spray, if you could scrub each stone individually, keeping away from the joints, of course, and then hose it off, that would be great. You're the best. (laughs) Kurt didn't get to the one more thing that year. Let's just say the gift horse grew tired. (laughs) Since then, I discovered another technique and took it for a spin. Four tablespoons of baking soda, which is sodium bicarbonate, dissolved in a quart of warm water, are safe for wood, concrete, natural stone, and it won't harm plants. And, they say, baking soda helps lessen the impact of powdery mildew and several other fungal diseases. An added benefit. How cool is that? After you scrub, rinse the stone thoroughly so no white residue is left behind. Of course, sweep off the surface dirt before you start, Or use a blower, as I'm sure Kurt would choose to do. And choose an overcast day to keep things from drying too quickly. 
many hours and many batches later, which it took literally a good part of a day, this horse was whooped. Folks swear by a product called Wet and Forget, and as the name touts, all you do is spray it. The ingredients are water, benzyl ammonia chloride, and ethanol, which are safe for plants. I hate to break the news, but most folks agree you need to scrub the patio for it to be effective. So you may as well go for the baking soda technique. But please don't ask Mary for help. <laughs> Garden dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com I sure enjoyed our visit today. I hope you did too. And if you did, I would appreciate if you could share the podcast with your friends that may enjoy it as well and subscribe so it magically appears in your feed. And I have another request. If you wouldn't mind to rate the podcast, if you like it, I would love to have more five-star ratings so more can find us and join our community of learning and growing in this garden of life. Thanks so much. Now get out there and garden. I prefer, again, the quiet way, you know, with hand tools. But if you are into power equipment, just be kind to your neighbors and not go overzealous on things. And most important, be kind to our dear earth. Thanks so much. See you next time. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.